Ayo ma, what's poppin' baby? Welcome back to another episode of Remixed. As always, I am your host, Sam Scheip. Uh, I want to wish a happy Black History Month to everybody. Uh, obviously, that's a huge deal, and we're going to have an episode just centered around that. Um, it's not going to be the next episode because I want to do it right. I want to get the right guests. I want people that have something to say. You know, I don't just want to bring someone on because they're black. I don't want to, you know, that. I don't want to be a cop out person. Um, I want it to be genuine and I want it to be real. So it's not going to be next episode, but the episode after that, um, we'll have a piece specifically dedicated to Black History Month. Um, next week is in celebration of something a lot less lit. Uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, that that commercial holiday. We're gonna have we're gonna have an episode dedicated to it because you know. You know what? What's what's not lame is love and love songs, and you know, that's. I guess we have to do an episode on that because it's topical. Anyway, uh, joining me today is. Um. Hi, I'm Tori Hageman. I'm a junior at Ball State. I'm a creative writing major, and um, I read and write a lot. That's that's pretty much me. <laughs> yeah. So, what's been on your playlist recently? Um. I've been listening to a lot of like instrumental like movie scores and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've also been listening to a lot of um, like Five Finger Death Punch there is on my go. playlist okay. a lot right now. Yeah. I see you. Um, so yeah, so which movies? Um, I've been listening to the Star Wars scores a lot. Yeah. The prequels, <laughs> the originals, all of them? Kind of all of them. Uh -huh. um, I've been big on the uh, the score for the video game Fallen Order there right now because yeah. I just finished playing that game. It's good stuff. It's, it's a very good game. Um, yeah, I think my favorite Star Wars soundtrack is probably Episode One, just because Duel of Fates is so good. Oh yeah, um, Duel of the Fates is amazing. Yeah, uh, for those of you that aren't Star Wars nerds, Duel of the Fates is just really cool. It's a really cool song, orchestral piece. Um, yeah, it's objectively just good, um, which all the soundtracks for Star Wars objectively are good um, because that's just something they've always nailed from the beginning, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, Five Finger Death Punch, that takes me back. That's like, that's high school for me. Um, there are a lot of people's like intro metal band, I think, because it's like you can understand what they're saying and they obviously just sound very angsty and angry. Um, not that that makes them bad because I still listen to them sometimes, but... You know, like, what's your favorite Five Finger Death Punch song? Um, Wrong Side of Heaven is really good. Mm -hmm. I've specifically been listening to the acoustic version. Oh, very see, good. their acoustic versions, they hit different. Yeah. Like, uh, Remember Everything. If you feel like you're a family disappointment and you really want to cry, you listen to Remember Everything, especially the live version, because, like, you hear everyone just, like, screaming the lyrics about how they feel like they've let their family down or... I guess they're just the disappointment of the family. Um, relatable stuff for some of us more than others. Um, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, it's funny that I mentioned the live version because that's kind of pertaining to what we're doing this week. This episode is all about live music. Um, kind of its history, I'm going to go over a little bit. Um, kind of how it's shaped itself. And then presently like what's kind of going on with it and then what we think is going to happen in the future as well as like the importance of live music um, because we are in a digital age where as we'll talk about later you can pretty much see all the music that you want whenever you want it it's at the tip of your fingers what's the what's the benefit of still going to see it live right 
um, especially after COVID has come in and like changed the way we think about going to concerts and venues, things like that. Um, so a little brief history on um, live music. Obviously, live music is the original form of music because recording was not always available. Um, however, the first time that live music was played over the radio um, was in 19- 1895. It was the first... Um, it was... Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> 1895 was when the first music video was ever filmed. Um, so that was filmed by Thomas Edison in his studio. Um, it's like they were known as musical shorts, and they would kind of play them before like the films of the time. So like before your silent movies things like that they'd play a little bit of a like a little something that had music to it um and then not too long after that 1906 is when the very first radio broadcast of live music was done and that was done on christmas eve as a um as a captain to his to the, to the ships of the United Fruit Company in the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea, and it was a Christmas concert. Um, and apparently everyone was, like, freaking out because there's music coming through the radio. Um, but that's really, really cool. Um, we'll get a little bit more into, like, other big moments in live music history. I mean, like, the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show is kind of probably the most iconic television broadcast of live music. Um, I As far as at least pre-modern times like you can argue a lot of things on mtv um but other than that yeah live music live music is what i guess music started on like the first time anyone hit a stick against a rock and like called it music or didn't know it was music but it was music it was live for everyone that was listening and yeah so but then with recording and with broadcast it's definitely changed how we think about music so why is there still a need to go see a live i brought you here because you said you have a passion for live music do you know like when that started um i mean i've always been somebody who's been really into music just Uh in general um the first concert that i ever went to was when i was 14 i think Mm -hmm. um and since then it's just it's an experience that i can't compare to anything like that experience of being at a live show was so incredible and i've just loved concerts in general since that first one what was your first concert it was fallout boy and paramore touring together Gosh, um, you're so emo. i am <laughs> that that was all of this stuff that i listened to in like eighth and ninth grade mm-hmm. and that first concert was the summer before my freshman year in high school so okay so that's like i feel like a lot of people see like have like been to concerts like before then though you know like i feel like because my first like legitimate concert like obviously i went to like church camps and stuff like that and like i guess those were live shows right those were concerts but like the first concert that i count i didn't go to until i was i want to say a freshman in high school and that was that was like it was four four bands it was from ashes to new in this moment Five Finger Death Punch, and Papa Roach. So, like, I'm just as emo, angsty teen as you. Like, when I say that, it's it's from a place of understanding. Um, and, yeah, like, I was hooked, like, obviously. Um, that was a huge deal to me because those these are bands that, like, I've only listened to before. I'd never been to a live show. Um, none of them disappointed except for, like, in this moment who, like, I'm not really that into anyway. 
but at the same time, it's it's to experience something live is very different. You know, like it, you hope that when you when you go see someone live, you hope that they're as good as the recordings. And a lot of times, it's not the it's not that it's worse; it's that it's different. And I think that's kind of what I want to focus on today is like the difference with it, um, and kind of like because of COVID, because of the fact that like pretty much no one's touring or if they are, then they get like all kinds of flack in the news. Um, like I know Polo G, he had a, he had a, he had a decently sized concert and then everyone was just kind of like, um, no one social distancing at your concert. And then he got all kinds of hate for that, which understandably so yes, yeah, social distance mask up, especially in those situations. Um, but at the same time, I can't necessarily fault the people in attendance because I would love to go to a concert right now. Like the last chance I had to go to a concert, I didn't take it. And it was right before quarantine. And I'm so mad that I didn't just go. Um, so what is what does seeing something live kind of mean to you? Like, I don't I don't really know how best to ask this question. But like, you know, what is what's that feeling that you get when you go see something live? Um, I mean, there's just something about, like, being part of something that's bigger than yourself. I don't really know if that entirely encapsulates it, but... Like, like a fan base, or... I mean, yeah, like, the feeling you get when you're, like, standing in a crowd of people, and they're all just as passionate about that music, or those people, as you are, Mm -hmm. and then, like, I mean, for me... Like, when I was 14 and 15 going to concerts, those people in those bands were, like, idols to me. So seeing them in person, like, being in the same room as them is just something that's so cool that it's like, wow, they're real people. And it's it's a really unique feeling, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that can't be replicated. And I think that's kind of what we're going to be getting into later. Because, um, like I said, before... Uh, before MTV, there was really only one way that you saw music unless you saw it live, and that was on the television set, whether it was like an Ed Sullivan show or a Tonight Show, um, you know, appearance, um, or on the radio, I guess, if you want to count that. Um, but then MTV, on August 1st, of 1981, dropped their first music video, and it was... The Bugles video killed the radio star, which honestly kind of on the nose, like kind of rude, if I'm being honest, but like I get it, you know, send the message. We're here with music videos. Say goodbye to radio, which obviously radio is still around, but it was it was the first time that they had like, I think they called them like video jockeys. So instead of a DJ, it was a VJ, um, which sounds like a weird acronym, but you know, and like the very first music video was led in by, I think his name is John Lack, and uh, he was just like he just said, "Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll," and then all of a sudden, music video, kind of like you know Ed Sullivan, like "Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles," um, and then from then obviously, MTV became the capital of music videos for years. Um, now they don't do them anymore, but which is kind of upsetting. I think there's like MTV2 or something where they still do that, but main MTV is mostly just reality shows. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think about like, I, I don't know. What, 
can you get the same feeling from a music video as a live performance? I definitely don't think that it's the same. Yeah, it's I mean, obviously not the same. But yeah, like... there's there's a cool feeling about like watching a music video for the first time, and it's it's interesting. But the difference between it being so like orchestrated and staged mm-hmm. and like recorded as opposed to just seeing someone performing live and in their element is completely different feelings i think yeah for sure i mean yeah especially when you take it like i didn't even think about the whole like you know it's it's scripted you know usually for a music video unless it's like just a live video and they make that the music video but that's different that's even different even though it's not live but um yeah, that's definitely an interesting point that it is it's you know they they can take as long as they want to portray however they want whereas live that's off the cuff. You know, there if there there's a lot of it. Like I think what people love in a lot of live shows is the improv that actors get or not actors. Well, they're kind of actors, but you know, the artists themselves that they kind of give like you know whether it's changing the name of a town and a song to the town that you're performing in which everyone always hoots and hollers for that never really did it for me um but like you know them when they come out they're like what's up indy or whatever and then everyone freaks out because they said the name of the place that they live (laughs) it was very funny because i was in a like i went to go see green day live in pittsburgh and it was like what's up pittsburgh and i was like i guess i guess i'm there should I cheer? I'm not from here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah. Because with the music video, like I, I'd say that it's definitely possible that music videos have definitely changed people's lives. Um, especially those that can't go see live performances. But I think that live performances have a, more, have a lot more potential to just become life-changing, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so who who do you think is like the best artist that you've seen live? Um, I think that's tough, but I think my favorite concert that I've been to, like the best live performance I've seen was 21 Pilots. Okay. Um, I saw them for my birthday, junior year in high school, and I went to Columbus to see them, which was their hometown show. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were just really entertaining to see live. I mean, they there was a lot of like back and forth with the audience and their stage presence was just really energetic and they looked like they were having fun. So everybody in the crowd is having fun. Um, yeah, they were just a really, really cool band to see live. Can I tell you like a really cool secret about 21 Pilots? Yes. So I have a good amount of friends in Cleveland, right? And this was back before blurry face before vessel i want to say and uh so 21 pilots like they were doing like local shows right and my friends went and saw them didn't know like at this point it wasn't they didn't go to see 21 pilots they were just like in a club and or bar i forget which one it was and then 21 pilots played and they were just all like and they like sent me videos of these people and i was like who are these guys and they're like i don't know but like what do you think? And I was like, I think if they ever get a platform, they're going to be huge. Cause that's like their, their concept of this two person band on a small level doesn't work very well, but on a big platform, it's insane, obviously, you know, and it's, 
it's really cool because like you know they didn't get pictures or anything but like they like hung out with tyler and josh like after the show like they just chilled and then like loaded up their speakers and everything and i was like that's like the coolest story ever um like to have that and know that like i literally like hugged this celebrity before they were even close to famous um but yeah that's really really cool um I've seen clips of their live shows, and it looks awesome, but I have yet to have the chance to go see them live, which is unfortunate, because um, I know they put on really good shows. So would you say that that performance was life-changing for you? Um, That's kind of a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was. Um, 21 Pilots, for me, was a band that I found when I was, like, in a pretty dark place in my life, and, like... I was the, the angsty little teenager that listened to their lyrics and was like, oh, my goodness, it's so relatable. Like, oh, it's like they're talking to this me. This is literally me. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. And then just seeing them live, um, it was just it was crazy because I was that loser who said the kind of things like, oh, this band like saved my life. Yeah. And if there is one that I would still say that about, it would be them. Okay. So, so seeing them live had like it was a lot more weighted than like any other band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Have there been any live shows you've seen that have been disappointing? Because that's the other part about live performances that I kind of want to bring into light is they're not perfect. Like as much as people can say like, "Oh, I love Coachella because there's so much live music." No, ninety percent of Coachella's drugs now, um, which that's always been music festivals. That's that's just how it always has been, always will be. Um, but at the same time live performances have such a propensity to go wrong for whatever reason. It can be technical issues, um, the venue could have messed up, the artists themselves, they might be coming off of like, you know, this might be their sixth month continuously on tour. They might be so done, they don't wanna perform in the Egyptian room in downtown Indy, which is such a just small venue, but their, their manager booked it because they don't wanna have a night off where like, you know, we could make some money if we just go to the Egyptian room instead of trying to book, you know, the Farmer's Coliseum or Banker's Life for whatever reason. Um, you have to be pretty big to sell a Banker's Life. That's, that's an arena tour. That's not just a tour. But I think with that, there comes the chance of, you know, it going wrong. You know, they might be the artists might be fed up um, and just not energetic that night, and that might really suck. You know, hopefully that's not the case, but it, it can be. Or, you know, the venue can't really match what the artist needs like for 21 pilots you know for the <clears throat> for the size and the scale of their shows now they kind of have to play a, a banker's life um not just because they have so many fans but because of the production value that goes into it like kiss you know with all their pyrotechnics they can't be in the egyptian room anymore you know if they are then you're not getting the full experience and you know you're gonna you're gonna feel a little bit cheated you know so have you ever like has there ever been a live performance that you've been to where you were like, wow, I really could have just never seen them live and been better off? I mean, I don't know that there's like an artist I've specifically gone to see where mm -hmm. I've been disappointed. Um, the band that opened for 21 Pilots when I went to see them, I think it was Echo Smith. Um, and you could just kind of tell that they weren't feeling it. Like there wasn't a lot of That's energy fair, and yeah. it wasn't like, but... That's the other thing that sucks is the opening artist might not be that solid just because 
to them, you know, there's no one there for them, you know, which is a horrible attitude to have, um, especially as an artist. You know, if there's five people in the crowd that are there and they're actively listening to you, like, perform for them. Like, when I went to go see Panic at the Disco, um, they had Arizona open for them, and Arizona got, like, decently big at that point, but then Arizona Cervantes came out. Um, no relation. Um, and Arizona was, like, a decently sized, like, I mean, decently, like, decent following at that point. So I was just like, why aren't you performing like you care that you're here, you know? Like, because I was there early because I wanted to see the openers because the other one was Haley Kyoko, um, gay icon. Um, so I was like, that was a slightly bigger deal, and a, a lot more people went to see her um, as well as Panic. But, you know, it's obvious, like, you know, when you're opening, people aren't necessarily there for you but you can make them be. And so that's always super disappointing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that really sucks. Um, like similar thing, like, cause like, I guess I, I was a little bit spoiled with my first concert, but from ashes to new was honestly the band that I went to see that first concert for. And they were one of, they were considered one of the openers pretty much. Cause it was them. And then in this moment, um, who both weren't very big in this moment, significantly bigger. Um, but from Ashes to New, I was like, I was so stoked to see them because like they had they had like one EP out, and I was their biggest freaking fan. And I get there, and there's like twenty people that are there, like, but everyone's having a good time because the energy created by the band is like, it's magnetic, you know. They're they're having a good time. Everyone's having a good time. They're putting their best foot forward, which I hope created more from Ashes to New fans, you know, and I, because they were smaller, I got to meet them out in the hallway and, like, take pictures, and it was my profile picture for a really long time, even though it looked really dumb in it. I was like, I met these people, and no one knew who they were. It's very disappointing. But, yeah, I've definitely been to concerts where it's been the opposite, and it's been, like, super annoyingly disappointing. Um, like, I think the two artists that I've seen that were the best I've ever seen live and the worst I've ever seen live happen in the same concert. So I went to go see Judah and the Lion and Bastille. Now, Judah and the Lion, do you know who they are? Yeah. yeah. They're, the, they're the full cop and roll guys. They had the song uh, Take It All Back. It was on the alt charts for some reason. Um, I'd consider it alt. It makes sense. But still, it was just kind of it's a very different vibe, especially because they have, like, banjos and mandolins. Um, but they were incredible. They were the best I've ever seen anyone be live in all the shows I've been to. But they were kind of still the opener and then Bastille came out and I, I, I wanted, I, I couldn't stand it. It was so bad. I couldn't understand any of the words he said. Like I'm not the biggest Bastille fan. So I didn't come in knowing all of his songs. And from what I gathered, like from all the people around me, if you didn't know his songs going in, you didn't know what he was playing. You didn't know what he was saying. And he just very clearly didn't care that much. Like he was just in this, small part of indie at the, at the Egyptian room when he's had multiple number one songs he very clearly thinks he should be in a better place I don't really like as as a fan or perspective fan I'm not really a fan of his at this point partially because of that like the only song that I knew he was playing was uh Pompeii and that was because it was like the biggest song in the world when I was in like middle school and he also like played it just on the piano instead of like he's his attempted production um so it was very disappointing and i think i'd be i would have been better off had i never seen him live but that also means i wouldn't have seen judah and the lion live so 
that that night wound up balancing out but you know if i had just seen bastia like let's say i got there late late wow um let's say i get there late or i didn't want to see judah and lion so i get there like an hour late so that i catch the end of judah's set and then i just hear bastille i would have been so mad like i would have wanted my money back everything um so that's kind of like that's kind of the negative side to live music you know you never know if the artist's gonna snap you know there's videos of a bunch of famous artists just like ending their shows because someone in the audience pissed them off um which is really upsetting for the other thousand people that are there um things like that and that's why i like you know there's a lot of rappers that just like do not care like they'll e they're either gonna throw hands or they're gonna actively piss off that fan just because the fan was being a butthole i can't cuss on here <laughs> but yeah um so yeah that's a little bit of the negative but have you been to any of the virtual concerts that have been happening over the last year? I haven't. I've heard yeah. about a lot, mm -hmm. but I haven't like attended any of them. Has there have there been any that like you wanted to attend? Um, there's one artist that I like that's like a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, that he did a virtual show, and I can't remember why, but like I just was not able. Mm -hmm. to attend so i was kind of disappointed about that um but i mean other than that like a lot of the uh like artists that i still kind of like follow haven't really done anything like that that's fair um yeah i mean over this last year there have been a bunch of artists doing virtual concerts um for sometimes for charity sometimes for free sometimes not for free and not for charity um you know, which is fair. You got to make money. You got to feed yourself. Um, but there's artists like, you know, uh, Dylan Francis, who's a DJ. He's been doing, like, free concerts on his Instagram Live since before COVID. And, you know, that was where I think he picked up a decent following doing that. Um, he also picked up a decent following being in David Dobrik's videos, but that's, that's something. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you have, like, one of the most popular YouTubers ever promoting you, it's pretty solid. Um yeah he's uh so he was already kind of doing that type of stuff but then you know COVID hits everyone's forced inside a lot of artists cancel their tours and a lot of music fans festival fans etc are kind of left kind of in the dust you know i have a friend in the uk um and he goes to like he goes to a show every week you know that was that was his thing like he, he's very big into the punk scene so he'd go to like you know dive bars etc uh, or the equivalent of dive bar, dive pubs. I don't know. I'm not British. <laughs> um, and he would just like, he'd just go to a show every week. That was part of, he's part of the culture. Um, that's another thing is live music can definitely be a part of culture in certain genres, especially. Um, whether it's like a cypher, like in the rap community, you know, or I guess battles, but it's not like, not, it's not like eight mile, you know, that's not, it's not how things work usually. Um, but yeah, there's ciphers for sure, and there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to happen live, um, like especially in the punk community. That's how people get to know each other. That's how bands kind of get spread around. You know, it doesn't really matter if you get big, but like everyone in your neighborhood might know you and might really like your music, and that's really cool. Um, and it's just vitally important for different communities. Like you know there, are, you know obviously like pop stars and stuff like that. There's not like a community behind them that isn't just everybody. You know. 
Um, like Ariana Grande, like she has her stands for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear if anyone went or like Post Malone. I wouldn't be surprised to hear if anyone went to a Post Malone concert. I wouldn't be surprised if you went to a Post Malone concert. Would you go to Post Malone concert? I, d- I would. I yeah, like Post I Malone. <laughs> <laughs> if his tickets weren't like $200 a piece, I'd definitely hit him up. Um, yeah. That was like my thing last year is I could have gone to his concert, but I didn't because it was like 200 bucks for nosebleeds. And that's as much as I enjoy his music, I have trouble considering that worth it. Um, which is also another negative to live music. You know, if you want good seats, you're going to have to shell out big money. Uh, well, if they're a larger artist, which, you know, I'd say go support smaller artists, you know. Um, their tickets are like 15 bucks, 15 to 30 bucks, especially like if you're in Indy or around the Indy area, definitely worth it to go catch shows at the Egyptian Room after COVID ends, obviously. Um, I've been there multiple times. It's a good time. Just be smart. You know, it's a standing only unless you buy, you know, and pay more for the side seats, which I don't know. That also kind of kills the vibe because, you know, you're all standing. You're all together. You know, there's there's a mosh pit. Stay away from it <laughs> unless you're into that, which I've been in my fair share, which is why I say stay away from it now because it hurts. <laughs> um, so if you're not prepared, don't don't get near the mosh pit unless you think you want to try it. Um yeah um but as far as like virtual concerts go i think they're cool to an extent like again it's kind of it's a very interesting in between between like music videos and like acoustic sets versus seeing them live which is also kind of true of like you know radio broadcast um things like that um, I think the issue that radio has is like, and that's why most radio stations have YouTube channels now, uh, is because it's very inconvenient for someone to be like, hey, we're having so-and-so on our station at 9 a.m. It's like, well, most people tend to work at that time <laughs> or go to school or whatever. Like, that's very inconvenient for everyone. Um, and, you know, usually they'll try to figure out when their highest listening time is but even then, you know, if you wanted to hear that, that sucks because you happen to be at work. Um, same is true for cable. Um, but the difference is now you can record on cable and, you know, the radio stations have their own YouTube channels. The All the Tonight, Tonight Show and their variants have their own channels. Um, but with these live concerts, it's a little bit different, you know, because you, sometimes you can interact in the chat. You can send them emojis for whatever, however that helps you. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's more exclusive. You know, you pay a lot of money to be, like, in a concert with this artist that only 30 people are in because he'll actually interact with you guys. Um, That's also really cool, but that's kind of like the VIP experience. Uh, Have you ever gotten VIP at a live show? No. um, Like backstage passes? No. I mean, I've been to, like smaller shows where i've gotten mm-hmm. to meet artists but i've yeah. never paid for like vip or backstage passes yeah. most of the time when you go to the egyptian room you have a chance at meeting the artists when they leave um if you don't meet them in like the main room after um usually like the openers will go and meet people at like their merch booths or whatever um which is also just really cool because then you get to see these people as people if that makes sense you know it's very easy to kind of idolize artists when you don't know them you know it's very hard to see them as people um which we've talked about on this podcast before about you know 
these are still people. You know, you can hold them to the same standards that you do other people. They don't, they don't deserve special treatment for any reason. Um, at least to an extent, you know. I, I don't know what it's like to be a celebrity. Maybe one day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, with these virtual things, like, I'm, I'm big into the ones that are done for charity, um, whether it's to help victims of COVID or a natural disaster. Um, like John Bon Jovi, he's big into um, giving back to his community, and he did a, um, a live show online for that benefit. Um, I forget what exactly the money went to, but it was for charity. There have been other artists that do it. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day was part of one or two. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to see that. And I'm, just, I'm not that big of a fan of the artist charging out like for out of pocket for like their benefit if that makes sense like if you're a really small artist i get it you know that's how you're keeping your light bills on like you quit your job to follow your dream and you're not big yet i get that but if you're a big artist to charge money to see something live that's like not really live you know it's as live as your speakers let it be and that's the other problem is the ambiance like you're never going to get that um, you're going to get whatever the audio mix is and whatever, however that feeds through your speakers. Hopefully you have good speakers if you're paying money to see a live show. Um, but that might not be the case. You might just have a little laptop and it's, it's cool that you're a part of that. However, you know, it's maybe, and especially if they go and upload it to YouTube later, you know? Um, and so like I, I foresee in the future that virtual concerts will still be a thing even after COVID, um, especially because like even before that, like Fortnite had like Marshmello show up in the game. Um, I, sh I don't count that as live because I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Or like Roblox had Lil Nas X for whatever reason it was Roblox. I don't know. Like I don't know if he like was mad at Fortnite or if I I don't know. I don't know. But I watched I watched the Roblox live show. Uh, which again, they get uploaded to YouTube. So at that point, it's like, you know, I was there, but I had the same experience that everyone else had that watched the YouTube video the next day and didn't have to stay up or, you know, insert thing here. Um, you know, for the for the VIP experience, like meeting them, talking to them, it's cool. You know, get talk to them through Zoom, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't pay any money for them because I don't see it as worth it to me because the live experience is something that you can't replicate um what do you think though like what, how do you think do you think like these live broadcasts might like kind of threaten live music if these artists can just like chill in their Hollywood mansion and like play a set or like you know go to their studio and play a set for people and not have to like go on tour for <laughs> a year I feel like the virtual live shows will definitely like still keep mm -hmm. up um i don't know if i would say that they would threaten like actual live music mm -hmm. because the experience is just so different mm -hmm. um like at least for me personally like i would not pay for like a virtual live show but like obviously i have paid to go to live concerts so um I mean, and yeah, if it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I get to meet the artist over Zoom or whatever, and then they do a show like that, I can understand people like paying for. But again, it's a totally different experience from like actually 
seeing mm-hmm. live music. So. But what about so like so we're Zoomers, right? Like we're like the older Zoomers currently, um, or at least we're like on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. So we're just like either really old Gen Z or like the youngest of the young millennials. Um, but we've seen live music, right? What about what about the younger kids that have never really been to a real live show? Like the only experiences that they've had now because of COVID with live shows is, oh, my favorite artist is doing this live show or something to that degree. You know, are they going to see the value in going to see it live? What do you think? I mean, I would like to think so, because I feel like even if you have only had those virtual experiences, there's still the understanding that it's not the same as like being in the same room in person Mm -hmm. and like seeing it in person i don't know Yeah, i mean obviously it's not the same but like how do you think do you think that they'll consider they'll still think like it's not as good because like personally i think i think you and i both believe it's not as good um which is i think correct um as long as it's a good show you know um which i guess the virtual concert kind of eliminates the negative of if it's a bad show you can just close your laptop um as long as I guess if you paid for it, that sucks still. But, you know, you can still go to a show and it sucks and you paid for that. So there's definitely that. But do you think that they'll see the value in like the difference? Because like obviously any any way you view music is going to be different. You know, watching a music video is different from seeing it on TV live. But watching it on TV live is obviously very different from going and seeing it live. Or watching it on a virtual concert is obviously different but are they going to see it as different but beneficial because there's different but worse there's different but the same in that really like way like not different but the same because that's that doesn't make sense but like you know like the same amount of good that you get from an experience like that's it's the same uh like you don't feel any necessarily better you know so do you think they'll, they'll be able to see that or it'll just be one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah, keep talking, Grandpa. Things were so much better back before live concerts. I mean, I would like to think that they'll still see, like, the value in it because when I think about it, like, we grew up on, like, live TV performances and, like, music videos on YouTube and that kind of stuff. And obviously we're still people who value live music, so... I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, the the virtual live shows are kind of different from, like, watching it on TV or on YouTube, but I feel like it's the same kind of idea, and I would hope that people still understand and see the value in the different experience of an actual live show. Yeah, that's definitely very fair. Like, uh, like the difference in media being not... I mean, it's not that different from what we grew up on. And, you know, that's something that I have to kind of remember. And I think that's something that everyone from every generation has to remember. It's like, yeah, it's only like a 10-year difference. How much has changed technology? Obviously, in different generations, it changes a lot or a little. It's not changed that much for us. Um, Yeah, you definitely have a point there for, like, we did see live music on TV growing up. Um, I didn't really see it all that much. I mean, I guess when I watched Saturday Night Live. um, But, again, I wouldn't watch Saturday Night Live at the time I'd watch it after it was recorded because it was past my bedtime. (laughs) Um, And even then, like it might not be an artist that you care about on SNL. Um, Whereas like with these live shows, it's, I know who this is. I know I'm going to like it, or I know I'm going to at least like who they are. You know, maybe they have a bad performance. Who knows? Um, 
but you know that's that's definitely something I think that's interesting, and I think watching it play out will be. I guess, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel currently, because like I'm excited because I think it opens up a new world for people. I think it opens up another platform for artists to grow. Um, especially if it's like they don't have enough money to go on tour because most artists, um, especially like alternative artists, when they start and they start touring, they lose money on their tours, like routinely. Um, you know, put it, it puts you in the hole to go on tour because you have to, first of all, you got to quit whatever job you have usually. Um, I guess now in this day and age, you can kind of work remotely for a lot of jobs. But, you know, for a lot of people, that's not the case, especially when you're on the road, Wi-Fi issues. You know, you usually have to just quit your job hop in a van and go um, and whatever you, wherever you go you might get paid for playing but it'll be like a hundred bucks and then split that between your bandmates which is like could be five people or however many people you brought on tour with you and that's like less than 20 bucks a piece to live on for a week <laughs> you know you're gonna lose a lot of money and you're gonna come back but with these live shows I think it, it's it's another avenue for artists to kind of get noticed um, which I'm always a fan of you know, I'm always rooting for, um, you know, good, smaller artists, obviously. You know, like Jude and the Lion, most people hadn't heard of them at the time that I went and saw them. And then they went viral. And then now most people don't know who they are again, which is, you know, kind of upsetting. But they have a very niche sound. But it was really cool to see their niche sound get put in the limelight for a minute. Um, and maybe that's what's going to happen for the next Jude and the Lion or the next... I don't know, insert star that made it off the internet here, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, you know, they both exist because of YouTube. So maybe this will spawn a new wave of artists. I don't know. I hope so. Um, I'm always here for that healthy competition. Um, all right. What's all right. So now we kind of have an idea of like what we think is going to happen in the future, kind of where it's at now. Thanks, COVID, because um, I don't think without COVID live shows would have live shows online would have been a big thing for a little bit longer um you know obviously people have like their 4k and they're like extra boosted audio all that jazz um but i think it's i think everyone has like if you go to see live music at least somewhat routinely like somewhat regularly like maybe once a year even you know everyone has like those experiences that are like awesome so if you haven't been to a concert yet, like a real concert, obviously wait till COVID's over, you know, I guess these quarantine videos and live shows are here to tide you over. That's, that's kind of how I feel about them. Like they tied you over for the real thing. Um, but yeah, if you haven't been to a show, you're probably in college if you're listening to this. So like get out there, man, like you're behind the curve, not to, not to shame you, you know, but a little bit of shame. But yeah, wh whatever artists you like, you know, go check. They they will tell you like when they're touring. If they're not touring, find a similar artist. It won't be that hard. Um, yeah, just 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 go see live music, man. Um, who's your dream concert? Um, like if I told you like, oh, and by the way, like we're going over to Worthen right now, where X band is playing, and you have front row seats. Who do you want? Who do you want me to say when I say that? I, I feel like this is going to 
stick me in a very specific like niche i mean you've already um, stuck yourself in a relatively specific niche you know we'll see the Paramore, thing is this is Boy, very 21 pilots this emo. i i I would love to see Halsey live. Oh my and that's gosh. so much the stereotypical like manic pixie dream girl kind yeah. of fan base. But mm-hmm. like genuinely, I just feel like she would be a really good live show. Yeah. Who would you want to open for her? Oh boy. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I like mean... that's the thing about Halsey is she's very versatile in her discography. Like her earlier stuff definitely felt a lot more rocky punky and then now she's with like a lot of pop stars and like rappers and like a lot of their songs yeah yeah i don't even know who i would want yeah. to open for her like you just, you just you just want more time with halsey i mean yeah. yeah instead of like a half hour set from someone opening you want her to have that half hour see because when i think about it a lot of i don't know i feel like this makes me sound really privileged, but a lot of the bands that I've been like really into, like the ones where I get super into them, uh-huh. I've seen them. Okay. So I mean, that's not necessarily. I mean, it's kind of privileged just because like you had the means to go see them when they came in, but it's also just a matter of like, you know, you knew who you wanted to go see and you went and saw them. Anyone that lives anywhere near a city can do that, ideally, you know, if they have money, but yeah. you know. I guess if you can't go, like I wanted to go see Post Malone, I didn't have the cash to do it. But you know, and that's the case for some people. But at the same time, I went and saw Hobo Johnson. I had the time of my life, and that was like thirty bucks. So it's it's a matter of perspective, I guess. You know, like what you value. If you value going and seeing only the biggest artists, then save up your money, I guess. You know, but at the same time, you're missing out on the smaller artists that you know maybe they only have a couple hundred thousand people listening to them and you going to their concert actually makes a difference for them. You showing up and supporting them, you know, you paying the $5 at the door, that's what's keeping them fed while they're on tour trying to make a name for themselves. You buying that freaking $40 t-shirt, you know, um, which, you know, you got to get something while you're there so, so that everyone knows that you went and saw this person because your experience has no value if you have nothing to show for it. I'm absolutely kidding. I hope you notice the sarcasm in my voice. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just like it's a big deal for the smaller artists. So I'm always I'm always gonna push smaller artists. I'm always gonna you know be in their corner um, about that type of stuff. But yeah, so Halsey's your Halsey's your number one. I mean, yeah, for the moment, I yeah. guess. <laughs> what What do you hope that she opens with, and what do you hope that she closes with? Oh. That's a big deal for a concert. Yeah, because like, like really usually is. they save their most popular song for their encore. Yeah. But you get to pick in this situation. Oh man, that's really hard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Um. Man. Um. I really like the song "Gasoline." Okay. That's a really good one. Um. I so also, the um, yeah, okay. yeah, we'll, so we'll put that, okay. we'll put that as opener, uh, closer, um, you can pick any of like her featured songs too. Like if she plays a song, I'm assuming in this situation that whoever's on the song with her is there. So like, if you want to do the song that she did with Juice World, for some reason, Juice World's there, RIP, uh, or yeah. the song that she did with G-Eazy, G-Eazy's there. I don't know if that's awkward. I don't know if they're still friends. Uh, probably not, I, but I don't know. <laughs> um 
I don't know. I think for a closer, I would say the song Control. Okay. That's a really good one. That one's just okay. her. But Okay. So opener, gasoline, closer, control. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, those are good choices. I know those songs. Um but yeah, I mean I I like I went and saw my dream concert twice in one year. Or it was my dream concert at the time. I'm not going to my dream concert because I've been to my dream concert. Um, but yeah, I was I was a huge Green Boy, f- Green Green Boy, <laughs> Green Day fanboy as a kid. Um, and I went and saw them in Pittsburgh because I got the tickets before they announced that they were coming to Indy. So I had already got the tickets for Pittsburgh. So I saw them twice in the one year. Um, for them, I was like, ah, oh, I know they're not gonna do it, but I want them to end on Saint Jimmy. That's my favorite song. Um, but of course, it was. One of their, one of their good ones. Uh, probably "Time of Your Life." That's probably what they ended on, because why wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> I guess it's their big song. I think my current number one would be like opener. Would probably be Mod Sun. Um, he's awesome. I want to see him live so bad. I could have gone and saw him last March. Did not do it. Then lockdown hit. I'm so angry that I didn't go see him. Um, but, you know, I, at the time, I didn't know that one of my friends was going. And then afterwards, I found out that she went. I was, I was salty that I didn't get to go see it. Uh, so he's definitely the opener. And then I think I want the headliners to be, I mean, my, uh, we'll just say they're all headliners, okay? So Mod Sun, then Youngblood, and then MGK. Because they all have songs together. They all, like work well together especially with mod son's new music that he put out with the song with avril lavigne that he put out like a week ago or not a week ago by the time you're listening to this like probably a month ago um but yeah so like i think i just like i want artists that like feel like they like flow together like i want it to be a comprehensive piece um but yeah so go see live shows when it's safe to do so again obviously Social distance, keep your masks up if you decide to go to a show or like a bar that has live music. Be smart about it. I don't want you getting sick, especially when we're currently rolling out vaccines. We're so close. You've come so far to just give it up at the at the tail end. Um, like I said, next episode's gonna be uh, centered around Valentine's Day. And then after that, um, our Black History Month episode. Um, I'm working really hard on that one to make it as genuine and as good and as impactful as possible. So stay tuned for that one. Um, as always, I'm your host, Sam Scheip. Joining me today has been... Tori Hageman. Tori Hageman. Um, and I, you know what? I love y'all. I'll see you next time on the next episode of Remixed.